Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. Do you have any segregation of duties conflicts? No. Are you sure? Here is one area that you may not recognize that may reveal a segregation of duties conflict. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 214, Segregation of Duties, one area that may be hiding SOD conflicts. So I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, whenever I go to a new company, uh, if I have the luxury of having the person that did the job before still there and you get training, The training for who has access to what is never included. We're always focusing on the transactional training, uh, making sure that that knowledge gets transferred. And that's really good. And sometimes it's even documented, which is even better. But what is never documented is this one area. And so uh, I can best explain that with a story. So I started with a company, very excited. And uh, we went through all of the regular onboarding, training, transfer of knowledge. It was actually really good, but it wasn't until I was there. And I think it was, uh, I don't think it was during the first year. I think it was during the second year that I found out that the purchasing department and mind you, I was in accounts payable, right? But the purchasing department was separate, but they had access to the vendor record, not the entire vendor record, but one page. They had access to the contact page of the vendor record. And the reason that I found out that they had access to it was so that they can change the uh, fax number or the email address 
where the automated purchase orders would be delivered, right? So they didn't have to send it to the vendor team, wait for us to go in and change it and send it back, right? Because we had, I don't know, 48 hour SLA. They could just go in and make that change. And apparently the uh, that system that automatically like faxed or emailed purchase orders pulled from that. And that one particular system pulled from the contact page. Well, I didn't know that they had access to it. I didn't even know why until I asked someone. Um, but at the time, and, and I don't know how long they had access to it, but at the time we were really trying to uh, make sure that we had controls in place so that fraud um, could not be committed. And so we had, as everybody had and probably still does, that confirmation call um, process in place. And so we would use the contact information um, for that confirmation call. And if we're updating that, we don't want someone else updating that because we have two different purposes for it, right? And so we want to make sure that we have a process in place to update the contact information when it's for uh, confirmations and then updating it when it's for um, the automated um, delivery of purchase orders. And so I did get rid of or eliminate the access uh, for to the vendor file to that page for the purchasing team. Um, for that reason, but also no one else should really have the ability to edit any page on the vendor file. So that was gone. And as you can imagine, I wasn't very popular with the purchasing team uh, at that point, but I did put a process in place to expedite those requests for the purchasing, uh, for the purchase orders to update the uh, fax number or the email address. So see what can happen when you actually talk to other departments. So we did, we did do that, but we did take away access. But the point I'm trying to make here is that I had no idea for uh, at least a year and probably closer to two that there may have been that segregation of duties, uh, conflict by having the purchasing team have access to the vendor master file. Wow. So that may be the area that may be hiding SOD conflicts. And that is your security roles and your security uh, access. And so um, to just kind of talk about or start with the basics for uh, segregation of duties. So I'm not really talking about it in the full P2P process. I actually have a training coming up in December that goes into the full uh, P2P process and SOD conflict. So more on that later. But here I'm just talking about the vendor payment cycle from that vendor payment cycle perspective, just defining what uh, SOD conflicts are. And so from the vendor payment cycle perspective, each of these steps should be done by different team members. And the first one is uh, creating 
a vendor record in the vendor master file and really should be creating or editing a vendor record in the vendor master file and then creating and posting uh, the invoice from the vendor that needs to be separated and then also paying the invoice from the vendor. Uh, that needs to be separated as well. Now, you may think that you have each of these functions, um, that you're okay because you have each of these functions being performed by a different team or a different team member, or maybe you don't, but you have some compensating controls in place for that. So maybe you have a team member that can create a vendor record, for example, and also can post an invoice because, you know, not everyone has uh, uh, that many team members, right? And uh, so you do have someone that can, uh, that has access to create a vendor, uh, create a vendor record, edit a vendor record, but then also post an invoice. But you do have management reviewing all new vendor ads and changes, right? So you've got that compensating control in place. Um, you don't have that same person though, generating the payment, right? So you think you're good. Um, so there's no compensating control in place for that, but the role that that team member has that allows them to create a vendor record and post an invoice also allows them to generate a pay cycle. Maybe that could happen. So my question is, is have you checked? Um, the hidden area again is uh, security access and roles. And you not only want to check for your team, um, but referring back to my story that I talked about, I pulled in purchasing, you might want to pull in and review any role that has access to AP or vendor data or the purchasing data. And so here's some questions. Uh, I'll leave you with some questions that I think you need to ask. And there are four. So the first one is, what are the roles that have access to procure to pay transactions? And I think I said that right. And what I mean is uh, creating... Uh, a vendor, creating, editing a vendor, uh, creating and editing a purchase order, actually receiving the purchase order uh, as well, and then posting the invoice and then generating the payment. So you want to know what roles have access to do any of those functions. Now, you'll probably have to work with your IT team or your systems team to pull that um, report, that information but that's the first question you need to have uh, you need to ask. Now the second question is what access should those roles have? And that's really when you go back with your uh, AP team, your finance team, your purchasing team and you look at those roles. This is actually the question that uh, the purchasing team and the AP team in my story that we sat down and talked about what roles should they have. And we actually pulled that off of the purchasing role, by the way. Um, they didn't have a purchasing role and an AP role. They had a purchasing role and that purchasing role had access to that one screen of the vendor record. So it wasn't 
like they had, you know, the accounts payable role they had. And I don't remember what it's called uh, in that particular system, but I know in SAP, they have an object that's separate from roles, but you can put that object on specific roles to give that role access to something that the role doesn't already have. And that's what happened in my case. So my point here is don't just think that because they don't have um, a, a role that the role that they have still doesn't have access to something that you don't think they have access to. Okay, so second step is identify what access the roles have. And so if they have things like that object that gives them access to something separate, really review if that's something that they actually need uh, and remove it if it causes a SOD conflict or put some mitigations in place. In our case, we removed it. All right, so that was number two. And then number three, look at who are assigned those roles. And you might come up with some surprises there as well, especially if you haven't really done a security roles access audit like um, within the past three years or so, because I know a lot of you, right, when uh, accounts payable or promptly went home, um, may have given team members that didn't normally have access to certain um, uh, to certain functions gave them access because they were the only ones that could get up and running. And so uh, I had, I don't remember if it was a podcast or if I had it as my vendor uh, maintenance, uh, vendor master file tip of the week on my YouTube channel. Uh, but I talked about doing, having a plan in place to review um, the access so that if that did occur, you can catch it and uh, remove it if you haven't already removed it. So uh, that needs to be done. Uh, and, you know, just the normal transfer of uh, team members from department to department, if that ha- uh, happens, sometimes their existing roles are not removed, only the new roles are added. So you need to check who are assigned Uh, to those roles. So check what the roles are, um, identify who needs to have access or not who, but what functions or positions need to have access to those roles. And then look at who are assigned to those roles. And uh, so that was the third one. And then the fourth one is you just need to repeat that on a consistent basis. So that can be monthly, quarterly, uh, at the very least annually. Now, if you have a, if you know in your company, you've got a lot of turnover, you've got things that are happening. Um, and I won't talk about a certain social platform that just got purchased because I know they have a lot to do. Um, but if you're in that type of situation, I would say do that monthly. But if not, I, I think quarterly is good. I think annually is too late. But if you don't have, uh, if you're not able to do it throughout the year, at least do it annually. All right. So if you want more training uh, on the security audit process, uh, that includes a template for the audit and a template for the desktop procedure, because right, I always document everything. I always recommend you document uh, all the processes that you do. Um, So if you want that and you want to learn about other SOD conflicts in the P2P cycle, 
enroll in the mitigating segregation of duties conflicts in the PDP process training session that I have that's upcoming on December 14th, 2022. And don't worry if you're listening to this podcast episode after that, um, that uh, you will have some options to either watch the recording or attend a future session. Now I'll leave a link to the training session in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 214th episode of the Putting the AP and Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. 